Our episodes contain graphic information that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like some murder with your coffee? Welcome to Morning Murders. I'm Nicole. And really, it's just me, but my animals are in here with me, so I've got Ben, Ash, and Lily with me. Um, But it's just me at the breakfast nook this morning. Due to life and crazy business schedules, the gals and I were not able to get together to share coffee and stories. I do have two conversations we had not too long ago that I wanted to share with you, lovely beans. Uh, One is Brenna chatting about the um, Keep, Sweet, Pray, and Obey documentary, and the other stemmed from an extended talk we had about one of the cases. I hope you find them interesting, and maybe it sparks some thoughts of your own. And if it does, please share them with us. Also, just to toss this out there, I'm currently reading The Sociopath Next Door, which is very interesting. Uh, Turns out, like, one in every 25 people are sociopaths, so fun, Uh, but not all murderers. And speaking of murderers, if you haven't seen Black Phone yet, I highly recommend it. I can only speak for myself, but I thought it was incredibly well done. Um, If you have any true crime or fictitious crime stories you'd like to recommend, please, please, please reach out to us. We love hearing from you. And with that, I hope you've had a moment to top off your coffee and settle in as we take a small trip back just a few weeks ago. That documentary series about the um, child brides in the fundamentalist church of Latter-day Saints. Oh, that's oy. Yeah, yeah, it's I can't remember what it's called in the on Netflix, but it's uh, it's so wild. And you know, so uh, it's them. It's essentially you know like Warren Jeffs or whatever his name was, like uh, marrying. 13 year olds over and over and then mm-hmm. his his wife would become of an age and then he'd just get a new wife yeah um but what I didn't realize because when you hear about polygamy um and you hear about the multiple somebody having a ton of wives you kind of like assume just because of what marriage is to all of us uh that it's like a big how to do like how do you have so many wives how does this become a big thing is that literally one of the girls talks about how they're all sitting around at dinner or at church or something one time and somebody the woman goes that she doesn't have a husband and they go just marry him and it just happened right there and they were married like it was that quick it was never it wasn't a whole thing Mm -hmm, they just mm -hmm. some of them would have like a wedding but if it's like their first wife and then they go they get into the fundamentalist church and all that stuff but some of it's literally as simple as we all were at the church at the same time and one of the ladies wasn't married and she's of a marrying age and we were like what are we going to do with her because the idea is that they can't have jobs or anything Mm -hmm. so like there's a pressure there and like some some nervousness there of like what am I going to do if I become old enough to work and I can't work because in the church I'm not allowed to work and I'm just supposed to rear children but like I don't have a husband they'll be like great just do that and most of them like their first kiss is that wedding kiss and then some of them like the sex is just so it's not it's just very unpersonal um Hmm. so it just seems like there was just a very interesting thing from that uh from that documentary series that's on netflix right now about all those people Mm -hmm. that was something that i was like oh i kind of expected it to be like a smidgen of a bigger deal like but no it's literally like 
well, then just marry marry this 86-year-old man with 13 other wives. And then the parents are like, yeah. And then they're signed over, and immediately it's done. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And this is, like, now, right? This is, like, happening right now? Is uh, this a real thing? There are still fundamentalist church, yes. Uh. But this is, yeah, so this is just, like, it's stories. It's a whole documentary about during a certain time with this very particular pastor or father mm-hmm. or whatever the hell you want to call him. Piece of shit. This particular piece of shit. So, yeah, it's just, it's about that. This guy, Warren, I want to say. Warren Beatty? No. (laughs) He wishes. Uh, Yeah, so it's that kind of thing. It's like, it's like that, it's, it's like a version of that documentary series about Scientology that every episode Mm -hmm. you watch, you're like, what? Then this is just still happening? Like, isn't it Clearwater, Florida's owned mostly by the Scientology Church, but they don't do anything with that land? They just keep it because they can, like, do whatever. It's just empty. So there's tons of empty office buildings and, like, stuff. And I could be wrong, but this was what the documentary was talking about. I'm not in Clearwater, so. Clearwater, Clearwater, speak up if this isn't the case. But apparently <laughs> it's kind of like what the Zappos Anybody people Clearwater, did. Clearwater, Florida is over the age of 80 yeah. and not listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, but they, but it's... It's kind of like the, the, the Zappos guy with Tony Shea did downtown in Vegas where he just like bought a bunch of stuff but then Aww. like made businesses Aww. happen. But yeah, so it's kind of like that except in Clearwater, I guess the Scientology church just like bought up a bunch of buildings and houses in downtown Clearwater and then we're like, good, now we own it and that's it. And there's like no one in there. There's like maybe if somebody from the church wants like a doctor's office or something, I think they allow that. But otherwise, it's just empty to sit there for like taxes or whatever property. Okay. Yeah. Their church campus is wild, too. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Like, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen the one that's in downtown L.A. I think it's off of Sunset because there used to be a UCB um, theater off of, like, across the street. And you could just stand there and look at it. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. And a couple of times people have wanted to go. I can't remember. There were some old friends of ours uh, that I know he had said that he had, I don't know if he went with people to go see if it was, uh, like, if they could just walk in and, like, take the test and check it out or mm-hmm. if they were, like, no and turn them around. But I know a bunch of improv people have definitely tried to, like, go, like, from L.A. I've been, yeah. like, let's go see. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I got nothing to do. Yeah. The other thing, the other final sip and I guess thing that I want to put, put out there as just, like, a thought is, like, um, we need to, there needs to be a system in place um, when these things get reported because I feel like we do the the thing that breaks my heart the most is we have so many cases of this of there being a paper trail of this behavior and nothing being done but then I never hear the solution well what what should we do hmm. with all this counseling that's never helped <laughs> Like, we've seen, we've heard about that, too. Like, where they actually saw a psychiatrist and then things got, you know, they still fall off the the whatever. And I'm sure there has been people that it has helped. Like, we aren't telling those stories because it was was rehabilitated and taken care of when it's done, right? Mm -hmm. But then what I think the next, the conversation needs to be what, what happens after that? If there's been four reports of this person raping other students or having attacks or wanting guns or loving guns or any of those kind of things, um, what happens after that? Where do they go? What do we do with that? If they went to counseling, they got medicated, and then it still didn't help, and there's still all these reports, and there's tons of, like, people reporting all these things that have happened, we need—I think that there needs to be more conversation of what happens after that. Well, that's like the whole conversation about how we actually need to have a place that rehabilitates or like where someone can stay mm-hmm. and be if they cannot actually be socially acceptable in the world, like they cannot do those social functions, they have a place they can be that is like 
a place where they can not do these terrible things, where they're not able to do these terrible things because they're at this place, which is what prison is supposed to be. Right. A place so of reform. What happens before what happens before the murder? Well, because we're talking because that's what happens after the murder. Right. right. Like we need the rehabilitation instead of prison. So then take that out of the equation. What happens before they've murdered somebody? Well, it's education and being aware of what to even look for and how to, like, notice the signs and what in which is happening with your child, which is something we're getting more better at now versus then. You're right. I'm saying in between because there is a t- there is a stage in between. The child has been killing cats. What do we do with that? OK, we take him to therapy. We, we talk to a person. They go to a thing. They do a 72 hour hold, like whatever this is. And then they get sent back home. Then they come back and do it again. Like, there needs to, what I'm saying is, like, before the murder happens, there's a lot of stuff and a lot of time where they do talk to a counselor. They've talked sometimes, to a school counselor. Sometimes. They've done, and I'm talking, yeah, so I'm talking about yeah. the times when that has happened. Okay. Yeah, so what do we do now after that? Well, it's not something you just end. That's the problem. It's right. not It's not something where you're like, okay, take two of these for three weeks and you're done. That's right. not what it is. It's something that if this is an actual problem and an actual psychological issue that's happening, it is not something that you can just fix. It is something that is a continued – it's like it's like what exercise, right? You, you don't just exercise for a certain amount of time and then you don't have to exercise ever again. It is a constant thing. People who are in people who are recovering from addiction – That's people, what I was going to yeah, say. It, it is like a sobriety. constant thing. Yeah, that's what the problem is. It is day. not, okay, 72 hours, you're done. That's the problem. No. That you're, is the problem. You're right. And then, um, like, I think I'm just following. I recently was reading this case about this kid that loved the idea of murder. He really wanted to murder somebody for a really long time, and everyone talked about it. And he went on medication. He did the whole thing. He did everything. And in his midst of still being under rehabilitation, he murdered two people, two random neighbors, because he just really fucking wanted to. Well, how was he? Why was he even in a position where he could do that? If he's a child who is talking about wanting to murder someone, that's what I'm saying. What do we do then? You are aware of it, and you don't let him be on his own. Like that's 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 a case where he, he was in his be. own house, two doors down, and he left in at two in the morning, and then killed two people, and then went back home. Well, it's if the, like, the fact like that was he, the parents supposed to know in the middle of the night. Like I see what you're getting at too. Like he shouldn't how, even if if he that's that's like a severe case where he should probably be in a place where he can not do those things, not mm. just be in his home where he can sneak out and go kill somebody. If it is that severe of a case where he is consistently talking about wanting to murder someone, regardless of the help that he's getting, it means he needs to be in a place to get help constantly, not just be at home, mm-hmm. he's, you're setting him up to fail. So you're saying, so what you're saying is, from what I'm hearing is that uh, they need to be removed before, like, first, first, like, three signs of someone saying that he said he wanted a gun or something? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's the, is it, is it the, is the removal and the rehabilitation, does that start when two of his friends have said, uh, yeah, he was really obsessed with guns and, and he really wanted to kill somebody at some point? I think, well, I don't think that there is a, a black and white answer to the question. I think mm-hmm. it depends on each person talking about whatever the specific case is and what their history is and what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. There isn't a black and white answer. There needs to be a better system in place, which we do not have, which doesn't exist. So that right now, there is no answer to this question because it doesn't exist. That's what and I'm asking. There is yeah. no funding for this to happen because funding is going elsewhere with, with what people deem more important. You know, uh, let's put more guns out in the world and versus like let's – create more safe spaces for counseling or safe spaces for people to be at where they're going through recovery for longer periods of time than just 72 hours. 
Like, that just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. There's no safe place or, or place that actually does anything. And I guess, like, the 72-hour hold is never for somebody that did something. It's for somebody that did something to themselves, usually. Right, exactly. Yeah, so that's, like, I guess that, that was a terrible example um, that I gave because I'm talking about when people do things to other people. I think I've just seen in a lot of these cases where there's a lot of... Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. There's a word that starts with an I that I can't remember right now. There's a lot of things that are put into place, like actions that are put into place for people. Is that are implemented? I guess so, but yeah. So there's a lot of things that are like put into place um, for people that are in the middle of counseling. Like I'm not saying... I'm just starting to open the conversation. I don't think they should be brought out in the street and shot or no, put in jail. I'm no. just saying, like, what happens after that? Because I think that's where we always – there's, like, a jump. There's an interesting jump of time in every case that I've now listened to between the time when something is being reported multiple times like, and when they're in jail now for murdering somebody. Like, why do those stalker cases get so out of hand when this girl's calling in and saying, I think, you know, this guy's watching me or this guy's harassing me. And they're like, well, get a get a a restraining order. And then they end up still getting murdered. Right. So I'm like, what happens after that? Like, we need to come up with a system for that. Well, that Mm -hmm. then it needs to become a priority. And that's the problem. The problem is that these things are not a priority. Mm -hmm. These things are brushed under the rug. These are like, oh, well, it's not severe enough yet. Oh, she's not missing for long enough yet. Oh, well, they haven't done anything crazy yet. They're just watching you. Like, that's the problem. The problem is things aren't getting taken seriously because they believe that other things are more important, which are not more important. These things are important. And the cases we talk about have happened, most of them have happened a while ago. Mm-hmm. And maybe surf, things surface, so like the trial takes place more recently or whatever it is. But a lot of these things happened a while ago, and there are a little bit more things in place now to help these situations, but there still isn't enough. Mm-hmm. There are still terrible things happening and things that are going under the radar because things aren't, you know, the schools are a mess. So how can a teacher even pick up on signs if the parents can't pick up on signs because classrooms are overrun with, with there's so many kids. Yeah. You, you can't pay attention enough to an individual child. So how are you supposed to step in and intervene? Parents are working. Most parents are doing double jobs, mm-hmm. cannot survive because of the, the amount of money you need to live on a, on, a, on a living wage. So they can't pay attention to their kids, but they had kids with the intention of taking care of them and doing the right things and try their best. But unfortunately, because of the way society is, they cannot. So mm-hmm. signs get missed and terrible things happen because we do not have that as a priority. Right. And yeah, I think that's problem. you You hit on that. And I think that's what it is, is like there is no priority for when things get reported so many times, like so many times that like um, that it just gets swept under the rug until it's a quote unquote real problem, mm-hmm. which is it was a real problem already. Yes. Yeah. So I just wish that I hope that in the future that means that there will be more systems put in place that regardless of whether it is the bank robber re have the century or a woman saying over and over again, there's a man that keeps coming to my house, mm-hmm. um, that there is a system in place to take care of what happens next with that man that keeps coming to her house. Yeah, well, and like like John Douglas talks about, you know, how much work they've put into to create this like outline that you can essentially follow with mm-hmm. with these people, with with perpetrators, with suspects, all these things. But things are still happening because it's not a priority necessarily. Yeah, she's not dead yet, so it's exactly, be good. exactly, and that's 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 the problem. We have to start taking things more seriously, which John talks about a lot in like books that he writes about how like things just need to get seen sooner. Mm-hmm. This is the red flag. The red flag should have been seen at this point. Yeah, you know right. the the person that's standing in the crowd when the fire burned down this building and he's 
seems to be off in a corner alone, maybe possibly jacking off and doing something. That's yeah. the problem. That is the sign. That means something bad is going, he's going to commit something bad because he's getting gratification from terrible things. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the signs that people need to be paying more attention to versus, oh, well, she's dead. Now let's figure out who did it. Mm-hmm. You could have figured it out before, but it's not a priority. Right. And I'm, I mean, we could loot this into modern news and stuff like that all the time and go, well, how many times is somebody going to report or how, what, when were we going to stop the dude from buying the gun when he had like so many issues like mm-hmm. when well, we, we have to do the background check before we can figure out the issue for the love of god well i mean that's the thing is like well but if he never went to anybody for his issues there's no background. there's yep. no record of it exactly mm-hmm. bunch you know? of holes in the system yeah. so what do we do in between like then it's just like sorry kids like and even just like when it comes to like there isn't a ton of de-escalation that gets done anyway like when no. the middle of things happening in the moment there things aren't taken seriously even when it's actively happening. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. 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 Or, and also things are just not, there's no training to handle certain situations properly. So instead things escalate and people end up dead when they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The moral of the story is the system do something. is flawed. Do Please something. Do something. <laughs> and I know, I know that there are people out there that are trying to make a difference and are fighting to make better better protocols put in place and and better things put in place. And and I know it's a very difficult road. um, And I just applaud the efforts that you are making. And I am am hopeful that things will change. I don't know if I'll see it, but I am hopeful that things will change. We see things all the time, like that whole U-Haul full of Nazis that were stopped at the the Pride event in Idaho. Mm -hmm. Like, there's reports of these things. There's reports of of their plans. There's reports of all this stuff. Follow up and follow through. Like, mm-hmm. that stopped a lot of people from being killed. Mm-hmm. Like, there was mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of patriots involved in that, and they're calling themselves patriots. So, oh, yeah. Wow. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, there was a lot of people involved in that that I'm so glad that has something has been done about it. And that mm-hmm. poor Michigan lady with that same similar group of people that Michigan, uh, She's like a governor or something, and she keeps getting threatened for, with being kidnapped and like all that kind of stuff. So like, there are stuff. There is stuff that does get stopped. Like I, I, yeah. I want to also give credit to that, and also um, the amount of things, small, small beans. According, you know, it's like smaller stuff that people think doesn't matter, except for the person that gets murdered um, mm-hmm. and their families. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things can often get swept under the rug too. Yeah, it's just it's about believing the person that's coming forward with something. Yes, people. People do that sometimes for attention. Uh, sure. Okay. You can use that argument all all night and day. But however, there are still people that do it and are actually telling the truth. And it should always be, let us take this seriously and follow through. And then if it's not serious, okay, great. Yeah. But then if it is serious, then you've stopped something. <laughs> if you properly investigate yes. a thing, you can find out that the person was lying. And yes. then you go, cool, thanks for wasting our time. Here's a fine. And then we'll go on to real crime. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, that's also very important. Yeah, but it, it, I also understand that the amount, the ratio in which there are people trying to answer these calls and check these things out versus the ratio of how many things are happening is extreme. And it's a lot. And it's a lot to put on people. But I, I feel like there's some way we can find a better system to, to just help everybody's workload. Mm-hmm. You know, there's we ought to find a better balance. The, the society is different now and we're not like we were, you know, you know, years and years ago. We can we can make more progressive changes mm-hmm. to how we run things and how we fix things and work together. So yeah. anyways. <laughs> Great. I'd vote Six. for you, Nicole. Oh my god, please no. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Oh, you guys are very great. Beans, thank you so much for joining me this morning, Murder Monday. The gals will be back with me at the Breakfast Nook next Monday for more terrible true crime stories. Enjoy your extra cups of coffee today, and thank you for listening to Morning Murders. Thank you for listening to Morning Murders. Remember to stop by every Monday for a new episode. And you can always check out our resources and mental health links in our show notes. If you enjoyed listening to our highly caffeinated conversation, please leave us a five-star rating and check us out on Instagram. At Morning Murders. That's at M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-M-U-R-D-E-R-S. If you have any stories you'd like to hear discussed around the breakfast nook, email us at morningmurders at gmail.com. Thank you for listening! You speak every day. You want to hear my stand-up routine? Yeah. Is it two minutes? I... I don't know. I haven't even I haven't opened this file in a couple of years. All right, I want it. Give me that. <laughs> Wait. Um. See who, who? Yeah, just yeah. Keep going. Hold on, because I can't search for it. Hold on. Okay, here's my stand-up routine. Okay. Haven't haven't ever ever heard this. That's great. Nicole will do hers next. <laughs> okay. All right. So I know I know I look young, but I'm very much in my 30s, and in my years of experience, I've come to learn a very important thing. I love dogs. And I do not need children of my own. <laughs> However, thankfully, I only have attractive friends. So my Facebook feed is full of, like, really cute babies. Good job, guys. <laughs> I love how people apologize uh, for their lateness and telling the world that their child has turned, like, however many months. Like, sorry, we're late, but this chunky monkey hit seven months yesterday. You know, Karen, you should be sorry. Because I've been looking forward to this post all fucking week. And now I don't know what time it is or what day it is anymore. And how am I supposed to know when my car payment is due if you aren't there to remind me when it's the 11th of the month? <laughs> <laughs> now I need to take a sidestep here and let you know that about a year ago I went pescatarian. I still do dairy, just not beef, pork, chicken, whatever. Uh, I told my mom I only eat fish now, and she hugged me and said, she's kind of always known, and she'd love me no matter what. <laughs> uh, I realized I can't get my boyfriend a squatty potty because I'll never see him again. Uh, I, al- I already knew that, you know, when he goes into the bathroom first thing in the morning that I have time to catch up on my shows. I watch Parks and Rec while he parks and wrecks. <laughs> I, watch 30 ro- or I watch Third Rock from the Sun while he drops three rocks from his bum. <laughs> wait, wait, I watch Rick and Morty while he drops a load for 40. <laughs> oh my god, I'm on season 5. But that's enough of my shit. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs> Yay! So that's it's what okay. I was doing. We're just giving you a lot of shit to edit out. Yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be great.